0: Hi, this is the Mentoring Lab Podcast, where we create a Work BFF mentoring movement, one episode at a time. Here are your hosts, Sarah and Kelly. Hello, and welcome to the Mentoring Lab Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelly. And how are you today, Kelly? Sarah, I am fabulous. (laughs) I try to be fabulous every day. (sighs) Could have guessed it. Could have guessed it. Right. Okay. Right. (laughs) I'm doing pretty well myself. So I'm really excited about today's episode, not only because is it, you know, episode 20 part two, but because we had the opportunity or mostly I did most of the talking, um, to speak, uh, to have my work BFF, my real life work BFF on the show. So that was really exciting for me.
1: Yes, indeed. It is definitely going to be a great episode. So are you ready to get on with it?
0: Yep, let's get on with it, guys. Um, Enjoy. So, Ashley, welcome to the Mentoring Lab podcast. Thank you. (laughs) I'm curious, do you remember by chance the first time we met? And like, I always like to joke and say, Was it love at first sight when we first met? Or what was your first impression of me, if you do recall?
2: So it was definitely not love at first sight. Um, It was not love at second or third sight either. Um, We'll offer us to warm up to each other. But um, we met in 2010. Oh, my gosh. I know, it's crazy. (laughs) When I was a college student and at our last organization, um, I was in the intern program and you were the intern program coordinator. So on my first day, I had to go to your building to in process. And um, yeah, you seem to be a little um, perturbed <laughs> with me, I guess, because I didn't start on the same day as the other interns. And so, um, yeah, it was, you were a little scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was scary. I was a little intimidated. Aww. So I do remember that. And I do. I, yeah, I was a little pissed off. I'll admit that. I totally was because a big group of interns were coming on board. I, I swear there was like between 30 and 40 interns that were going to on board together as like a large group, like the first summer that they were going to be with us. And you were supposed to be part of that group. But unbeknownst to me, a mutual supervisor that we had that was like two supervisor levels up for me had contacted you and said, hey, don't wait to come in two weeks. Why don't you come in this week? And no one (laughs) one told me that. So that's why when you showed up and like the other 40 people were showing up in two weeks, I was kind of like, what the heck? Like, oh, she gets special treatment. So yes, (laughs) it definitely was not love at first sight, but Again, I think it was through no fault of one another's, um, it was definitely a lack of communication on one of our supervisor parts. So,
2: yeah, I think we just kind of got off on the wrong foot from (laughs) like other people, but not necessarily like our personalities clashing.
0: Right. So I think I also recall probably like the first year, at least the first year, if not a little over a year, we also, we worked within the same office, but we were in two separate buildings. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even work like together at all. And I think I I would see you like sporadically when I would go to your building for meetings or vice versa. But I think it took at least a good two years for us to really start talking and befriending each other once we all came together in this new glorious building that I refer to as the prison because it really looked like a prison
2: from the outside. <laughs> It did look like a prison. And towards the end there, it might have started feeling like one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Ashley and I are both extremely shy and introverted people. So yeah. I don't think that helped either when the first time we met or the second time or the third time or the fourth time. Because <laughs> I thought she was kind of stuck up. I don't know. She thought I was scary. I thought she was kind of stuck up. But. <laughs>
2: Meanwhile, I'm just, like, this, like, intern that's just trying to get her footing and has no idea what's going on. And I was just like, I don't know why people don't like me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just there years later, and she's like, I thought you were stuck up. And I was like, oh, my bad. (laughs) I'm just kind of quiet. I don't know. I
0: I think through the first two years, so once we did come together and we were working, actually – in our new office environment. And I believe you sat in a cube like directly in front of me, if I recall. But you did get moved around a few times um, between our division and another division. So you kind of, your seat kind of bounced around for a little bit before you eventually came back and sat in front of me.
2: Yeah. um, At the beginning there, they like kind of didn't know what to do with me, I don't think. And like really didn't find a place to put me and where I would like fit. And so it wasn't until You know, really, I moved into, you know, the same branch as you that we ended up, you know, becoming friends. And that's when I started sitting in front of you. Yeah. So...
0: So what I heard that from that is they didn't really know what to do with you. And you really didn't know what you were doing until you sat in front of me and I became your mentor and trainer.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And I finally opened up and and took you under my wing. Um, No. And then I was. I think there was a couple of us that were tasked within the branch to start training you in different areas of learning and development, if I recall. So. I remember you being a quick study. You worked a little fast. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember, other than complaining that you were on Facebook a lot on your screen, <laughs> which I'm so embarrassed to admit that. I do remember you were an extremely fast worker, and you'd be like, okay, I'm done with this. And I remember I would go over it with like a fine tooth comb, and I'd be like, oh, you made a mistake here, you made a mistake there. And that was something where I, I just felt you were just so eager to learn and get things done that you just moved like I mean you move quickly now but gosh then you move quickly now with like almost zero percent errors but back then it was a little bit different story there's a little bit of a learning
2: curve yeah yeah I do remember that I'll never forget the one time we like met at your desk and you were showing me how to do something and I was just like watching you so intently. And you looked over at me and you were like, you're not going to take notes. And I was like, oh, oh, my bad. Let me go get my notebook. Hold on. And I got my notebook. And I started taking notes. But it was like, I, I just like was like, I'm more of a visual learner. So if I see it, I feel like I pick it up kind of quickly. But Yeah, I definitely referred to those notes a lot because it wasn't something we did all the time. So I was like, okay, I'm glad she called me out for the note taking. I do
0: remember (laughs) that because I I do remember because so funny enough, you know, obviously things worked out and we eventually became pretty close colleagues into probably I would say turn into a friendship. Obviously, then it turned into a work BFF. But there is like a 10 year age gap between us. So Even though I'm I I say it all the time and I'll say it again, I'm I'm holding on tightly to that millennial. Like I'm like the very first year (laughs) of the millennial and I'm not letting that freaking go, right? But you're like almost on the opposite end of the spectrum. So a lot of ways I feel like there isn't a 10-year gap between us. But then at the time when I go back, definitely now I don't. I don't feel it at all. But going back ten years ago, and in that learning curve, and we were just getting to know each other, and in that I was mentoring you and training you in different areas, I really felt. I I think at that time it was more noticeable because, like I said, I I was talking to you offline, and, and I'm even embarrassed to admit. Like you know, I would get up, and we had multiple screens. Some of us had two or three monitors in front of our desk. And you weren't the only one, but I remember getting up at different times and seeing Facebook on one of the monitors. It wasn't like you were glued to it, it wasn't like you were on there messaging people, but it just happened to be up. Like, yeah, I had MSN probably on one of my screens, you know, a good part of the time. And I remember going to, to my supervisor at the time, who was not your supervisor, and being like, not that Ashley happens to have Facebook on her screen, but yeah. Ashley has Facebook on her computer all the time. She's always on Facebook and she doesn't take notes. I'm trying to train her and she doesn't write anything down. So yeah. It, it was definitely <laughs> a learning curve for me and, and and learning the different like learning styles of and, and and I think too, like as much as I didn't want to admit it at the time, and it was also, and I and I do remember my supervisor telling me, well, basically, I needed to mind my business. Was it hurting me? Was you were you getting your job done, and and then she also reminded me like there was a, a, a age difference between us, and uh, the younger millennials operated a little differently, right? Um, they were more <laughs> connected to social media and stuff. So yeah, so I, that was kind of eye opening for me, and it it, it was a it, it was also a learning moment for me that my supervisor was like trying to teach me and mentor me because she's almost 10 years older than me too. So it's just, you know, it's kind of like different age generations, um, the different gaps, you, you know, I think that at that time or even a couple of years after, I think there was up to like four or five different generations in the workplace. So.
2: Yeah, that was a really interesting time. Um, I definitely think that our age difference was much more noticeable then because I think we were just also at such different points in our career. Like you at that point were, I don't I don't remember how many years in, but I would say like probably seven or eight years into your career. So you were very well established in it. And then I was just coming in brand new from the streets, still in, you know, college, never had any experience in a professional environment other than working at a bank. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Like I was still just trying to like get my feet wet. So I definitely think the gap was a lot more noticeable then but I
0: don't feel it at all now. Oh, absolutely not. When do you feel like the transition, do you even remember when the transition happened? So from being like colleagues to actually developing more, you know, developing more than a colleague relationship, more like a friendship and then it kind of turned into like a work BFF situation. Does anything stand out to you for
2: that moment? Um, I don't know that any like one moment stands out for me. I think it was like the more we work together, the more we realized we have like common interests. You know, we both are really big into true crime and we both are fans of like horror movies and stuff like that. So I just kind of feel like that's when we started to grow like our personal relationship, just the more we work together. And I also think it was part of us like starting to like learn each other's personalities and trust each other more. So I don't know if there's one single moment that sticks out for me, but I think it was just kind of a culmination of just, you know, me growing up a little bit and then, you know, us getting to know each other better, basically. So that's funny. Is there a that moment I- that sticks out for you? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I agree with everything you just said. And it's funny that, well, you had mentioned you growing up a little bit because I actually wrote that down and I feel personally like we really, even though there is that 10 year age gap, that we really have grown up together professionally over like the last 10 years. Like we've really grown together. The value or the benefit of our relationship has also changed over time. So at the beginning, when we first initially had to work together, I saw our relationship more as me being the mentor and you being the mentee. And I was training you in different learning development aspects. And then I think. As the year or two progressed after that, then I actually started learning from you as well. I, you know, had to learn to be more flexible. And when I look at, when I looked at you, I saw a lot of me, like you were like me. And I think it was kind of, it was, it was like a mirror. It was like a reflection, I was like, I see myself in her. Like she's hungry. She wants to learn. She wants to grow. She's, you know, you're a quick learner. You want to you wanna take on more responsibility. You want to do things, you know, you want to lead different efforts. So I think that also really helped connect with you as well. In addition to having those other um, common interests, obviously, that I think further built that connection.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think like a big part of building that connection too was you were one of like, the few people that actually took the time to like teach me things. And so sometimes it can be hard when you're new in your career and you don't know what you're doing. And then you've got all these people that like know exactly what they're doing. And, you know, they're fully bogged down with work. And a lot of times it's hard to get that mentorship and it's hard to get that training. And so I think a big part of like the shift in our relationship is you actually taking the time to help me, which I didn't necessarily get from all of, The colleagues that we worked with at the time. It was um, you know, it was definitely like more of a give and take kind of relationship, I felt like. And there was a lot of like, you know, mentoring that went into it, obviously, and a little bit of hand holding probably. But then I also felt like as you trusted me more and I learned more, then I got to kind of help alleviate some of the stuff that you were doing. So it worked out.
0: So I'm curious. I hate to keep going back to the age gap, but I'm gonna go back to the age gap, right? Um I joke <laughs> though sometimes I'm like, I don't know when it feels younger than you, but or at least I act like it right. It's like what mean girls, I'm like, I'm not the cool mom, I'm the I'm the cool supervisor, I'm the cool colleague. What's what's new girls? What's going on?
2: <laughs> what's the four one one? What's the four one
0: one? But I know it's been a few years, but if you were to think like maybe for some of our listeners, for example, who are coming into the workforce, maybe they're in their mid-20s, maybe they're in their late 20s, early 30s, but would you have any advice for them just to be more open to learning and befriending from perhaps women that are older than them and not looking at them like, oh, they're older, they're not going to be able to teach me anything or we'll have nothing in common. Is there anything that like stands out for you or comes to mind?
2: Well, it's kind of difficult for me to answer that only because I didn't realize how big our age gap was until like later on, because to me, I was always like, oh, she looks so young. Like she's probably only a couple of years older than me. Oh my gosh. I and love I'm not you. just saying that to flatter you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm being serious. Like I was like, oh, I didn't realize our age gap was so big. I remember like the first thing you told me there was a 10 year difference between us. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but I think it really comes down to uh, patience and trying to understand the other person and their perspective and where they're coming from. I think it's really easy for younger people to kind of discredit people and say, oh, well, you know, just because you've always said it this way doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. And there's more efficient ways to do things and blah, blah, blah. And on the flip side, I think it's easy for people that are further in their career to say, well, they don't even know what they're doing. Like, How do they, how are they going to come off the street and do what I do when I have all these years of experience? So I think really it comes down to just having a patience with each other, let each other learn, give each other, you know, some leeway to make those mistakes and course correct. And then also, um, on top of that, just try and understand where the other person's coming from and find something. If you don't mesh well with like work activities and stuff, try to find a more personal connection to some degree where um, you guys can connect in that way. And then that would probably help improve the work relationship.
0: Oh, I really like that. I was thinking the the value of our relationship. I think I mentioned it earlier, like initially surface mentor mentee, and it really has grown over the last 10 years So where I think it's really like a reciprocal relationship where I feel like I have learned just as much from you and can come to you have for the last several years as a sounding book as a sounding bar, excuse me, to where I'll like maybe pitch ideas or thoughts or, Hey, can you double check this for me? Does this make sense? You know, depending on the audience I'm talking to. And I feel like that's one of the, a beautiful thing about a work relationship, a work friendship that turns into something more. And even with someone who may have less years of experience is, I just feel like we've grown together in that to where I trust you to, you know, I trust you just as much as I trust someone who's been in the industry as long as me, if not longer, to give me your opinion and and how, do, you know, if I handle it this way, what do you think about that? So I think that's one of the, one of the best things I think that has come from this work BFF relationship that we have where I'm just no longer, yeah, there's some mentoring going on. I'm still mentoring you. I like to think I am um as our relationship's evolved but it's it's really become a reciprocal relationship.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Um it's been really interesting to kind of see that evolution from like being the trainee and then now of course I've gotten to a point in my career where I've kind of like taken over that role for some people too. Um so now I'm helping people learn and grow so that's been interesting but um yeah, I definitely see where you and I have made kind of that shift to where we are more like partners in crime versus like strict, like mentor mentee relationship. I just feel like we've both grown a lot and yeah, we have a great relationship where we can just bounce ideas off of each other. I feel like we work in kind of a non-attribution environment with each other. So if we don't agree with each other, we're willing to be like, well, why do you think that? Or could you rephrase that? Or, you know, however, you know, we go about it, but I think um, that's been a really big shift for us over the past few years and just all part of growing. So
0: let's talk about that for another minute or two about disagreements that we've had in the workplace. <laughs> so speaking of evolution of a relationship, there's been a lot of big evolutions in what, the last four years. So I've gone from like mentor to mentee to kind of like peer to peer to like colleagues, right? And then I went and I became our team lead. So that was a big (laughs) shift. And I remember one of the big shifts, which I wanted to talk about disagreements, so I'm kind of digressing for a second, is I went to this senior leadership program for like four weeks. And (laughs) it changed my life. And Kelly and I have mentioned it a couple of times, like part of our huge organization that we work for. And it really shifted my mindset and had such a positive influence on me. And I'll never forget this. So I hadn't been a team lead maybe just under a year. And I remember coming back from that. And I remember within the first day, you came to me with some sort of problem or issue. And you're like, this is what I'm experiencing. What should I do? And normally I'm like, oh, this is what you should do. You should do one, two, three, four, five. Like I would break it down for you and be like, yep, got it. Good. And you would just run with it. Right. And I'll never forget this. And I was like, Hmm, I was like, what do you think you should do? What have you thought about?
2: (laughs) Do you remember that? I do. And it was interesting because it was like a tipping point for me where I was like, Oh, do I talk to her too much about stuff? Like, do I come to her like with my problems too much? And like, maybe I should be thinking through things on my own. Um, So yeah, I remember, but in my head I was also frustrated because I was like, that's not the answer I want. Just tell me, tell me what I should do. Just tell me.
0: And I could tell that because I remember you looking at me and your face said it all. You're like, well, if I knew what I would, if I knew what I should be doing, I I probably wouldn't be asking you right now. But I think that was a, it was a pivotal moment for me, but also you, Because I learned that I didn't have to give all the answers all the time. Or just because I would do it a certain way doesn't mean you have to do it and do it that way. So I think it really... I think for me, I'll never forget that moment because I think it was just a very big mind shift, not only for me, but for you, because I started Mm -hmm. changing not only with my interaction with you, but with other people asking, well, what are your opinions? What have you thought about? What do you think would not work instead of just saying, oh, this is how you do it? I mean, obviously, some emotional intelligence has to come with it, right? So I know if you've already tried certain things, then I'm going to say, okay, well, this is what you should do. But I also saw a pivotal shift in you as well within months, if not like leading, you know, after that last year. And to this day, you know, like you had a, a question today, you were like, hey, I want to bounce something from you. And I'm like, well, wh- what have you thought about doing? And, and some, most of the time, I didn't even have to say that you already told me, These are three courses of actions, or these are three things I'm thinking about doing, and I'm leaning towards this one. And what nine times out of 10, what do I, or probably 99% of the time, what I end up saying?
2: Yeah, you're like, okay, sounds good to me. That's what I would do too. Like, yeah. So that was definitely a huge shift for me when you asked that question to me, because I was like, oh, she's right. I really should be like thinking these three things through a little bit more. And then I feel like in our relationship now, you know, if I come to you with a question, it's because I really don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so, or I'm like kind of stuck between multiple courses of action, like you were just saying. So I think now like you empowered me in a way to just like start making decisions and taking ownership and kind of becoming a leader of sorts in, um, you know, whether it's helping people or making program decisions. Um, so that was just an interesting mindset, mindset shift for me when you started asking me that question.
0: Really quickly, I want to go back to the disagreements thing, because I think just, you know, we work with every, you know, face it or not, even though we've been in this COVID environment for over a year now, The majority of working people, we spend more time with our colleagues than we actually do with our family. If you think about a minimum, what, 8, 10, 11, some work 12, 13 more hours a day. So there's bound to be disagreements, right? I was telling Kelly before, or actually her and her work BFF, when we were recording their episode offline, I was just like, I was like, Ashley and I know each other so well, especially I said, it's been harder through COVID with the virtual, but in the office, like, we just knew certain mannerisms that each of us have. And yeah. we and I was like, we do have disagreements where we see things differently. And, and But we still try to treat each other, I think, with kindness and fairness when we have differing opinions or views of how to handle things. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so I definitely agree with you. We've certainly had our share of disagreements. Um, typically, we know that the, uh disagreements exist when Sarah says yeah I don't know about that or I'm like yeah I don't have enough information on that to give an opinion <laughs> that is your like, that is <laughs> and then you look back sort like you whip around back <laughs> in
0: your chair and I'm like I Kelly that is like done that means shut your mouth this conversation's <laughs> done right now put it on the shelf it's done
2: <laughs> yeah, it means like maybe we can come back to that later but I'm not ready to discuss it right now. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely had our share of disagreements. I feel like they're usually short lived because one of us will start to see the other's um, opinions or if we just need to take a time out, we take our time out and then we'll revisit the subject later, uh, maybe when one of us has more clarity on what our thoughts were or something like that. But also, I mean, we went to California with each other for two weeks and we only sat at each other like a handful of times because we were hot and hungry. So I feel like most of our disagreements can be solved with good AC and a good meal. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I have truly enjoyed listening to your story and how it's evolved from, um, beginning to a very strong work BFF relationship. So I wanted to ask each of you a question if you didn't mind. Um, What would be, and um, Ashley, you can go first. What would be one quality or thing that you truly admire about Sarah? And Sarah, I'm going to ask the same question of you. Because I've heard your stories about your, you know, your meeting, your working together, your friendship, your disagreements. So I'm curious to know what is it one thing that you admire about your work BFF, Sarah?
2: Um, I would say that her desire to learn and her like go getter attitude when it comes to developing herself is one of the things I admire most. And then also, um, if I, I'm sorry. I I'm going to give two, um, her creativity. It always amazes me. She has all these great big ideas and I'm just like, can, can you tone it down? Cause I'm not quite ready to execute all that. Like, um, but her creativity always amazes me. And then just also her like willingness to learn and develop herself is, I just find it fascinating. Aww. it's exhausting at times too, to just listen to it. I'm like, how do you, how do you do all that in one day?
0: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> oh, let me think. Just one thing. Just one thing. Let me think. Um, you can get
1: two if you need. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty.
0: <laughs> to piggyback on what you said about my creativity reminds me of last summer when we did a workshop with our small group about our shrinks. And I remember all of, like, my top ones all fell under the strategy category, and most of your top ones fell under the execution. And I remember us having a conversation about that, and you're like, oh, well, I feel like, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm probably putting words in your mouth, but you, you, you kind of seem down on yourself where you weren't as strategic, and you were heavier in the execution. But I was like, we really complement each other. Like, I'm the big Mm -hmm. picture, the big vision. And I was like, that wouldn't come to life without you. Like, I need you. I need people with your talents to help my big, ideas my creativity come to life so that's that is definitely something that I so admire over you uh, excuse me admire about you is your execution I can say this is what I need this is what we need to do or what do you think about this or uh, it doesn't matter what area and you just freaking run with it and you do it and you make it happen so I, I couldn't be as creative as I am without having you be the executor of my creativity so
2: oh look at us we just go together like pv and J. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I would have to say is, you are probably one of my biggest, have been for a very long time, one of my biggest cheerleaders. It's, and I think I that's even evolved, right? To where we are extremely positive and supportive of each other, but there are times where we do bump heads, we have disagreements, and I think we're both getting better. So you are one of my biggest cheerleaders, but you're also at the same time, I've seen you grow into where I depend on you to not only tell me what I want to hear. Sometimes <laughs> you start you you will give me the hard truths. You still try to be diplomatic. You still try to do it with kindness. So you are you're telling me what I need to hear, not necessarily what I'm what I want to hear or what's gonna make things just all oh everything's perfect. We have this best working relationship in the world and we're good friends outside of no, like <laughs> there are times, you know, that you're that as well. So that is something else that I really admire and and, and really depend on from you. Oh,
2: thank you.
1: Well thank you both for sharing about your um Admiration or your admiring qualities of each other. And as I listen to your whole story about how your relationship evolved, I'm a bit curious about when you went from when Sarah went from colleague to team lead to supervisor, were there challenges that you faced? you know, and handling that change in the dynamics of your relationship, because you have a friendship, and you have a work relationship. And now you have a subordinate supervisor relationship that you have to balance and all of that. So were there any challenges that um, you could talk about? And, and how did you deal with them that someone who may be in the same situation with the work BFF may be able to relate to?
2: Yeah, so there's uh, definitely challenges that comes along with that evolution. I think one of the main ones at the start of that evolution was us kind of like detaching from each other at work. Because, of course, you don't want to give the perception of like favoritism or anything like that. I mean, and that certainly doesn't apply in this situation because sometimes I feel like because Sarah knows me so well, And she does think so highly of me that she almost has higher standards for me than she does for other people. And I don't, it's not a bad thing. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think um, sometimes she does hold me to like a higher level than she might some other people and have like higher expectations of my work than other people. So I think kind of like shielding that relationship at work was a bit of a challenge. Not that we were like being deceitful. And then also kind of just navigating those difficult conversations with each other. Because as a friend, of course, we don't want to hurt each other's feelings, but then as colleagues, it's like, or even like the subordinate supervisor relationship, you have to have those difficult conversations and you kind of have to invite that conflict into the office to grow. And then from a personal standpoint, it was very hard for me when she left our office our shared office and went into her own private office. And I was like, no, don't leave me. Come back to me. Even though it was like two doors down.
1: (laughs) So Sarah, what about you? Were there any challenges that you recall that you've had to adapt to as you stepped into the supervisor role?
0: Oh, most definitely. And I, I would have to agree with everything that Ashley just said. The biggest thing for me I think was the, the perception of favoritism. And I think people come into your life for a reason, right? And there's some people you meet at work and I'm like, wow, if I would have met them outside of work, we would have clicked and, and we would have been friends without a doubt. There's just some people like that. And I've been lucky throughout my career to have connections like that her and I do get along very well we compliment each other we work very well together so I have to work very hard to be cognizant as people don't see it that way as us being complimentary or just having a long working history but oh there's favoritism there's inside jokes there's you know and and I tell myself too I can't control what other people think I can't control what they believe to be but all I can do is control my behavior in our group settings and our team environment and do my best to treat everyone with you know, respect and fairness across the board. So that was definitely something that I learned a couple years ago, and I'm still learning. And to hit on what she said about expectations, I did struggle with that. I, I, I will be the first to admit when I became a team leader, my expectations for her, because I did. I looked at her and maybe Kelly, you can maybe feel this too, when you've had a mentee or someone you worked with close that you've brought up through the ranks and helped develop. I know what her potential is. I know what she's capable of. And I did for a while. I realized I was holding, I was much harder on her than I was on other people. But people would have perceived that as favoritism where she's like, damn, get off my back. Like I'm doing the best I can, you know, but it's like, I, but I was kind of treating her the way I had been treated in past situations where people saw more potential in me. All right. So rounding up the episode, Ashley, I'm curious. So our whole premise of our show is having those work BFFs, but not only work BFFs, but a work BFF mentor. So, you know, it's someone, you know, we've evolved and it's so funny because I was reading an article on... um Online earlier this evening, about uh, it was a Glassdoor article, and it was like seven signs that you have a work BFF. And the first one was they bring you coffee, and I was like, check. Um, the second one was like, you coordinate what podcast you listen to. I was like, check. <laughs> we're
2: like, right.
0: Um, the third one is you automatically make eye contact when something weird goes down in a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking at each other, we're like, what <laughs> did they just say that? Um, the fourth, Get each is, other under the table. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth is it says uh, you've made different emojis for each other. I was like, "Yep." <laughs> Through conversations, mm-hmm. um, they know a thing or two about your personal life.
2: Just okay. one or two.
0: <laughs> and the most important thing is they've always got your back. So yes. that's the top thing. So besides these wonderful things, I think there was one more. There was seven things in Glassdoor, but one of them was like they save you at holiday parties if you had too much to drink. And I was like, nope, we don't drink like that in public with other colleagues. Like we have a role. (laughs) With (laughs) other colleagues. colleagues. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like we go to join parties and different stuff. We're like, nope, we're not drinking in front of other people. But um, I think, Kelly, you have that. Don't you have that role? Yes,
1: I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just because I know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. So what would you say to our listeners, what you know, if one, two, maybe even three things stand out to you most? What is a value or perks of having a work BFF and perhaps a work BFF mentor, someone you could even like a step further that will help you grow and develop?
2: Yeah. It's, it's really hard to just like name a couple things. Cause I feel like there's so much value that comes into that one. I feel like it makes work so much more enjoyable. If you have somebody you connect to on a personal and professional level, it's not as grueling to do like those nine, 10 hour days. It's not as bad when you get, you know, stuck with a special project that has to be done and you have to stay late on a Friday night or whatever. Um, I feel like really it makes work so much more enjoyable on the day to day and we spend so much time there. So it should be enjoyable. I love having a sounding board, uh, somebody to just tell me the truth in situations. So tell me, am I being crazy? Did I make the right decision? Um, Is this the way you would do it? Like those Mm -hmm. kinds of things and just really having that sounding board and somebody you know will be honest with you is so helpful to your growth and then also just your sanity. And then I would say maybe a third thing is really just helping you develop yourself, especially when it's like a mentor relationship. And even if it involve- like evolves and where you're both like growing with each other and helping each other grow, I would not be where I am in my career and professionally if it wasn't for this relationship that we oh, have my and gosh. <laughs> how we've like grown up <laughs> together in a sense. Oh, you're so So yeah, nice. those are my top three. I love it. I
0: I can't add anything on that. I can say it better myself. Those are, I think, three <laughs> wonderful perks of having a work BFF and even having a work BFF mentor, taking it to the next level, having that important person in your life at work. Ashley, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today in our special episode 20
2: yeah, well, congrats on 20 episodes. Woo, thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> and just sitting down with us and 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 sharing and being vulnerable and sharing your experiences and your story. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, this was great. Thank you.
0: All right. Welcome back. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode with Ashley, myself, and Kelly. Just Ashley, I really talking about I guess the beginnings of our work BFF friendship, and believe it or not, how it was not love at first sight, second sight, third sight, fourth sight. I think I think it took us a year or two to warm up to each other, which I think is uh, kind of a funny story. But so Kelly, I thought since this is going to be our last episode of season one, as we take a little hi- hiatus, geez, or or our break for you know a few weeks. Um, to prepare, I thought that we could end on a high note and do, typically we do our shot at the beginning of the show. Uh, we haven't done it the last two episodes at the beginning because we've had special guests, but was thinking maybe we could share what has been our biggest win or takeaway from this experience with each other over the last, what, gosh, six, seven months, because we were working on it longer I- than
1: yeah oh yeah we started in the summer and we did our first recording January 21st yeah yeah so one twenty one twenty one recording yes week and um, but yeah you're right we started it was in like July wasn't it over the summer I
2: thought so I can
1: tell you, because I thought it was I October. It, I thought it, it I thought I have October. it in my
0: book. Okay. It was October the 8th. There you go. October the 8th. Okay. See, look, I remembered something. Wow. <laughs> I usually mm-hmm. have like the worst freaking memory, but anywho, thought we could uh, each just kind of, you know, share a little bit and talk about our big win from this. The last five months or our journey since October and then end with our cheers.
1: That sounds fabulous. So Sarah, I'll share first. I would say my biggest takeaway with starting this is actually having the commitment and determination and the motivation and the grit to keep doing it. Because um, many people say, oh, I want to do this. And they do like one or two or three or whatever, um, whatever this is. and, And the novelty fades out or it gets too hard and they stop doing it. And for us, like you said, we started talking, um, I wrote down, it's funny in my notebook, I wrote down, we started talking October 8th and we launched our first podcast, January 21st. So that's, you know, time to build up to that. And then we continued, you know, pushing forward pushing hard and producing an episode every single week. So my takeaway is, um, the grit involved, you know, that we really put that forward and, um, were tenacious and dedicated and determined, and we just, you know, kept going, and I'm really proud of us for that because many, like I so said, many people set a goal, but they don't see it through. but we did, and I'm really, really proud of that. I'm really excited to have been on this journey with you for season one, and I'm super excited, looking forward to putting our heads together to shape up season two and get back to that in a few weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. So gosh, trying to think of just like one big takeaway. Uh, I second everything you said. I want to steal it all. I totally agree with everything you said. And oh man, there's just so many things that come to mind for me, but I guess the biggest, one of the biggest things is I think, and we've talked about like a gazillion times is, for me, it's really been about learning. I'm a big learner, right? Constantly learning and growing. And I think this journey has just been one of the biggest things for me, in addition to everything positive that you just said, it's just been the journey for me and the learning and really like doing it week after week after week. Like, this is something we were doing completely on the side. We both have full time jobs uh, that take at least 40 hours a week of our lives, if not more and having families on top of that. So I think just the journey and just learning as we've gone, like, didn't even think, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I want to do a podcast or I want to do this or do that. But then it's really like, once you really get into the planning and you having to learn, okay, now you have to produce it or you're going to have to pay someone to do it. What kind of software do you use? Uh, how do you edit what, how do you get it on the different platforms? So it was just, you know, very overwhelming at the beginning, but the more, I just feel like now five months into it, I'm like, yep, know how to do it. I could actually then tell other people, oh, you should consider doing this. Have you thought about doing that? Not that I think I'm a pro by any means, but for me, it's just, you know, it's just, it's been a wonderful experience. It's been a wonderful journey and especially the learning part of it. So.
1: And it wouldn't be a true episode if I didn't say, and Sarah, what about the whiskey?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kelly, the whiskey each week. It would sound just like our promo. Yeah. So I haven't been able to partake with you in what it was originally, I think, 75 days and I ended up going 81 days without any alcohol um, and that was a journey in itself, and now I'm able and our, you know, to close out with you. So I feel very lucky to be able to do that right now. And I, I have my shot of whiskey right here, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it. Here's, you know,
1: you ready? Let's. Do, I'm, I'm with you. Let's let's do it. do it.
0: Okay. All right. Here's to our wins. Here's to our losses. Here's to one day being our own bosses. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Woo! So, I was going to say, how was it, Sarah? Oh, it was wonderful. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate you guys so much for being a part of our Work BFF Mentoring Tribe. And remember, our movement grows not only through your support of our show, but by all of us supporting other women at work through our mentorship and friendship.
1: This wraps up season one. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for our next season of the Mentoring Lab podcast. From your work BFF mentors, be safe, be positive, and tune in soon.